The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And I hope everybody is having a good day out there. Thanks for tuning in to Winning Ponies. I'll be your host, uh, John Engelhart, our guest handicapper today, the former host of Winning Ponies, the one, the only, the man I admire. Ed Meyer. Uh, We're going to be taking a look at uh, a real potpourri of races tonight, so uh, we hope you uh, will uh, tune in. I hope we're going to give you a bunch of winners. We're going to do the the Man of War from Belmont Park. Uh, Then we're going to go to Hollywood Park for uh, the A-Gleam Handicap. Uh, then to Colonial Downs for a very interesting uh, race in the Virginia Derby. So those are some of the races we're going to be looking at and handicapping, hopefully giving you some winners here on Winning Ponies. And also uh, we hope to have with us uh, Karen Collier. Now uh, Karen is the Director of Marketing and the Head Announcer at Fazig Tipton, and uh, they're going to have their... uh, Selected Yearling Auction kicking off on Monday. If you're in the Lexington area, feel free to stop on down because there's going to be some excellent horse flesh there. Uh, Kind of a new spin to this. Uh, They're going to not only have their yearling session, but after that, for the first time, there's going to be a summer sale of selected horses of racing age. And what's interesting about this is, yes, there are horses of racing age sales, but usually in the fall, uh, these are horses that uh, are racing and racing now and winning graded stakes races. As a matter of fact, the two of them will be in the race reviews that we do a little bit later in the show, uh, one coming off a win, one coming off a graded stakes placing after a graded stakes win. So it would be very interesting to see how that's going to happen. You know, when you, it happens so often when a horse wins a big race and the owners might not be a big shot stable, the, the trainer will get a call from somebody saying, hey, you know, you want to sell that filly? Uh, and so instead of making a private deal with perhaps one offer, this is a chance for owners to get their freshly winning horse in front of the eyes of many and let the bidding begin. So uh, it will be interesting talking uh, to Karen Collier later in the show. So uh, that's going to be coming up. A lot going on in the world of racing. i come to this uh, part of the show with, with a heavy heart. Uh, it just came from the, uh, the, the wake of a trainer by the name of David Pate. It might not be well-known to those of you on the coast, but in the Midwest, he had many, many friends. And I can tell you that because uh, the room was packed with uh, uh, friendly faces uh, that had known Dave for so many years. Um, he grew, grew up on a, 
farm in, uh, in, in Georgia. He did work as a jockey, but really where he uh, found his calling was a trainer in the early uh, 70s uh, and uh, was one of those guys that kind of flew under the radar but uh, had great success throughout his uh, career and was respected uh, by, by so many uh, people. He had, uh, uh, did have stakes winners, uh, Polis Place, Cactus Cadillac, um, Deputy G. As a matter of fact, uh, our friend uh, Jenny Reese, that's been on the show several times, wrote a very nice column about Dave saying that uh, her, her interview with him uh, after Deputy G won the Churchill's Bashford Manor Stakes was one of the best interviews uh, she ever had. Uh, some of you might uh, know Dave's uh, brother, Bobby. Uh, Bobby was the outrider at Arlington Park in Tampa Bay Downs until a horse clipped his knee pretty good, and the doctors told him no more riding. So the Pate family, very steeped in tradition uh, throughout the country, and uh, was, again, with a heavy heart, uh, that we heard of the passing uh, of Dave, but uh, as you could tell from the funeral home this evening, uh, he was surrounded by so many people that that loved him and enjoyed his company. He was he was a class act all the way. Uh, let's move on with some uh, breaking news. Uh, a guest that's been on Winning Ponies before, uh, who announced her retirement, is now announcing that. Uh, She's coming back. She liked Delmar so much, and that is Chantel Sutherland is going to be coming back. Now, she did take time off to be with her family. Uh, she pursued her modeling career. Uh, she was, of course, named uh, People Magazine's 100 Most Beautiful People a few years ago. So she'll always have a career as a model, but she just decided that, uh, you know, after traveling and sleeping and enjoying time with her family, that she just wanted to get back to what she missed most, and that was the competition. As you know, she was a top rider in Canada and then tried her best to break in on the West Coast. She was the regular rider at Game On Dude, uh, who, but she was replaced uh, there by, uh, by Mike Smith. And uh, so it looks like uh, she got her uh, original agent, Tommy Ball, is going to take her book, and she's going to be back on track. So look for the charming Chantal at Del Mar when they open their doors. And congratulations go to Russell Bays, another family steeped in racing. Uh, he actually picked up a mount in the final race of the Alameda County Fair. Watch the replay. You'll swear he got caught at the wire, but he did not. They posted the photo finish, and he got his 12,000th career victory. Uh, quite a, a life uh, that, that he's led. His first win was back in 1974. It was uh, 95. He had 5,000. And in 1999, he did get inducted into the National Museum Racing Hall of Fame. And then it was back in 2006 with win 9,531 that he surpassed Lafitte Pinkai Jr. as North America's all-time winningest rider. And, of course, back on July 7th, he goes to 12,000. Bays is 54 years old, and right now I don't think he's got any place there he expects to go except to the winner's circle when he gets up. Now, uh, speaking of the Bays family, sad to say, uh, promising jockey Taylor Bays is going to be suspended for uh, failing an alcohol test. Uh, this kid's got all the talent in the world, uh, but he's going to be suspended for 120 days. Uh, it's not like uh, he hasn't been warned about this before. Uh, it, it happened uh, months ago, and uh, so he's going to be taken off his mounts. Hopefully he can get his act together. Well, a horse who's gotten his act together after 
facing near death was Painter, and it looks like he might be racing in the San Diego Handicap. Uh, Bob Baffert, of course, uh, trains Painter, who had a huge comeback just about three weeks ago. And it looks like the San Diego Handicap at Del Mar will be the next start for Awesome again. He is uh, training uh, very well. And so uh, we'll be looking for Painter. All right, other uh, horses in the news that uh, we want to be tracking is Oxbow. He looks like he finally made it to Saratoga, and he is going to be pointing to the Haskell Handicap. That might turn out to be one heck of a race. So uh, Oxbow going to uh, Saratoga, the spa, and who knows who else he's going to meet up there. Uh, Of course, Orb and Palace Malice are in town. It's going to be very interesting. So uh, they'll they'll probably meet later in the meet at Saratoga. But uh, right now it looks like uh, the Haskell Handicap might be where he is going next and then come back to the Travers where he'd probably meet uh, Orb and Palace Mouse. I'll tell you what, though, it'll be no walkover uh, in the handicap because uh, Bob Baffert, who's had a record seven Haskell victories, uh, will have a micro man, um, power broker in there. So uh, watch out for Baffert in the Haskell. Congratulations now. Go out to train to uh, trainer David Jacobson. He broke the record for wins during the Belmont Park Spring Summer Meet when he uh, captured the seventh race on July 7th. Uh, quite a feat. Uh, he to pass Todd Pletcher on his home court. So congratulations. Uh, do, do go out to him. Uh, Interesting news, uh, Kentucky Derby winner Dust Commander is going to find a final home at Churchill Downs. It appears that the uh, area where he was buried was being uh, developed, and uh, the, uh, his uh, remains were going to be returned to Churchill Downs uh, 22 years after the death of the 1970 uh, Kentucky Derby winner. And uh, so l- luckily... Uh, he uh, he found a, a happy home at the place where he had his uh, his uh, greatest uh, triumph. Of course, uh, Mike Manganello was in the saddle that first Saturday in May. All right, uh, let's take a look now. Uh, Ricky Frazier was uh, celebrated uh, aboard Nusa Beach, who was uh, a horse he rode up there. Uh, they're both uh, retiring, and they went up uh, to Emerald Downs where they, where they were feted. And uh, they understand it was a great celebration to these uh, two class acts. Uh, uh, Frazier hoped doctors would clear him uh, for riding, but he never uh, fully recovered from a severe concussion that he uh, suffered in a spill back in 2010. So he goes out uh, with a, a class act for Noosa Beach, uh, where uh, he did most of his racing uh, up there. And, uh, again, a great send-away for two class acts. Um, Last week, uh, one race uh, that uh, was north of the border, there's a big one, the Queen's Plate, and it was one with a former claimer. Uh, it was uh, one for our, um, the uh, Lou Tucci and his uncle Carlo, who managed the family's Tucci stable, uh, got a midnight area for 35000 and scored a front-running victory in the 154th Queen's Plate, holding off the heavily favored 
up with the birds. So uh, awful, uh, awful good, uh, good news for somebody with a $35,000 claimer uh, to win uh, perhaps the most prestigious race uh, north of the border. Uh, so again, uh, that's a look at uh, some of last week's race action. We want to look at uh, some more of them. Uh, there's so much o- over the holiday weekend. Of course, uh, probably uh, the, the biggest one um, uh, that uh, that we looked at uh, last week uh, was uh, from the Hollywood Gold Cup, and no surprise there, game on dude, packing 127 pounds, got the job done in the Hollywood Gold Cup, and it's not the first time he did it. He was brought to post with Lava Man, uh, and a winner of the Gold Cup himself. And I'll tell you what, Lava Man looks so good, I swear they could have thrown a saddle on him and sent him out in there. But Game On Do just uh, absolutely, uh, under the guidance of Mike Smith, uh, broke willingly to the front. He paced him beautifully uh, throughout the uh, mile-and-a-quarter race. I will say that uh, Kettle Corn, who was last early in the race, made a really nice rail move on the turn and then was brought outside by Rafael Bayerano. Looked like he gave Game on Dude a little scare for his money, uh, but uh, he just found another gear and away he pulled, and uh, he is now closing in on the $5 million mark. So a lot of action last week, but I got a feeling that the, that that's the one that's going to stand out the most. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to uh, take a, uh, a little break here on Winning Ponies, and hopefully we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that sale at Phasing Tipton. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. Okay, well, uh, having some trouble uh, making contact with Karen Collier from Phasic Tipton. But again, I want to go over what they're doing that's kind of unique. You might want to go to their website uh, at uh, phasictipton.com because there's something very unique. As you know, in this day and age, you can pull down uh, the catalog pages uh, of the horses that are going to be sold. But what they did this year uh, for the special edition, the inaugural Horses of Racing Age sale, was they uh, employed the services of handicapper Mike Watchmaker that's been on Winning Ponies before. Uh, And so at the bottom of each page, Mike does an analysis of the horse's racing career. And he also highlights, you know, uh, the most prominent horses in the horse's uh, family. So if nothing else, it just makes for a great read if you're not too familiar with with reading through a, a, a pedigree page and uh, that Mike Watchmaker actually capsulizes each horse's career for you at the bottom of the page. And, again, you can get that information uh, at, at the website. Now, I mentioned uh, some of the horses that uh, are going to be on the auction block, and uh, one of them is going to be uh, Teaks North, uh, who's just an outstanding uh, handicap horse. And uh, let's see, I believe... Uh, Teaks North just ran second in the United Nations Handicap. Now, right now, he's won over $1.2 million. Uh, he was a horse for course at Monmouth. He had never been beaten before, but another one of those kittens' joys on the grass got the job done in Big Blue Kitten, who was last early uh, under Joe Bravo. Beautiful race, hugged the rail, uh, did defeat Teaks North, but if you'd like to buy yourself a millionaire, Teeks North will be for sale on Monday. Of course, Teeks North was formerly uh, trained by Dick Dutrow, and the horses were uh, moved from his barn. We covered that story before. But the race uh, prior to the United Nations, Teeks North won the mile and a quarter good reward stakes at Belmont. So uh, this is a horse that won the the, uh, Sunshine Millions turf uh, earlier this year. So he might be a six-year-old gelding, but he still has plenty of running to do. So Teeks North will be one of the horses uh, that is going to go on the auction block. Uh, Another race that we covered last week was the Princess Rooney from Calder Racecourse. And uh, the winner in there was Starship Truffles. Well, it was just announced that Starship Truffles, a daughter of Ghost Zapper, will be going for sale Monday at the Fazy Tipton sale. So it's pretty interesting that hot horses like this. Now, Starship Truffles, uh, uh, in addition to winning the uh, Grade 1 Princess Rooney, $350,000 race, uh, before that, she won 13 times, has won 231,000, and I don't know who was hotter last week, uh, Joel Rosario or Ghost Zapper, because Ghost Zapper had a slew of winners, and one of those, again, was Starship Truffles, uh, who outlasted even-money favorite Judy 
the beauty. Uh, she got bumped at the start, Judy the Beauty, and couldn't make it up. But Starship Truffles off at 8-1 to one, got the job done in the Princess Rooney, and she will be for sale at Phasing Tipton on Monday. So um, a lot of people think it's kind of a bold step to launch a selected racing age sale at a time when yearlings are usually uh, being sold. Uh, but uh, the uh, people at Phasing Tipton uh, feel that the market is ripe for such a racing age outlet, and the company's uh, detailed online catalog will give bidders plenty of ways to assess a runner's performance. And again, um, uh, Mike Watchmaker will g- give you a chance to kind of get, get a nice thumbnail sketch of each of these horses. So uh, if you enjoy uh, pedigrees or you just want to see some of these interesting uh, uh, stakes winners that are going to be going uh, under the auction block, uh, you want to go to uh, their website. It's uh, kind of a unique way of at looking at the sale. Well, we mentioned uh, two of the Two of the races from from last week um, in in the United Nations again, big blue kitten. Uh, how many kittens joys do you see winning on the grass? I know Ed Meyer and I are going to be handicapping a race where three of them uh, figure prominently lately. But that was the Grade One United Nations. It was a win and you're in, and big blue kitten gets a ticket to California and to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, speaking of California, of course, uh, we uh, we did look at uh, at Game On Dudes' big race in there. But uh, how about looking at the uh, Royal Heroine Mile? Uh, it was the even money favorite, Shia Parelli, uh, who was making her first two-turn start, and she pretty much did it from flag fall to that's all. A well-judged ride by Joe Talamo got the job done. And uh, so she has now stretched out from six furlongs to a mile on the turf. And guess what? Shia Parelli, a daughter of a Ghost Zapper. Uh, it, was, it was a really good race, and, uh, but uh, Egg Drop put in a big run late for trainer Mike Mitchell and Martin Garcia, but did not get the job done. So Shia Parelli takes down the Royal Heroin Mile out at Hollywood Park. Um, also, uh, we, we mentioned the United Nations at, uh, at Monmouth. Another race uh, that we looked at was the Salvatore Mile, a grade three race. And it was the first stakes win for Raging Diost, I think is how you pronounce it. This horse was claimed for $10,000, the second claiming story to Rags to Riches uh, that we have this week. Uh, sent away at 33 to 1, but if you're a guy that likes to handicap horses for courses, uh, Raging Daoust at Monmouth Park, six starts, five wins, make it seven starts, and six wins now. It was the battle of the long shots down through the lane. Second at 15-1 to one was Big Sir, who led the field for most of the mile at Monmouth Park. If you had those two in the exacta, you collected $420.60. Um up at Arlington Park, it was the uh, the Arlington Sprint, and it was the favorite St. Leon, wire to wire with E.T. Baird aboard. What's interesting is, is if you go back two races, St. Leon won this same race, the Arlington Sprint. So he only had one start since last year. Obviously, uh, it had some hitches in his get-along. But uh, trainer Michael Boyce brought him back on May 13th and ran a 107 buyer and got the job done in the Arlington Sprint. So St. Leon 
from 10000 to 100000 you are still collecting paychecks. Uh, let's see, of course, uh, down at Calder, we had our, uh, our uh, Summit of Speed. And uh, in the eighth race, race we handicapped on winning ponies, the Azalea, uh, the, the winner was number eight, Wildcat Lily. Uh, just stalked the pace, pulled away at four to one, trained by Manny Azpura. Second was the speed horse, Dreaming of Susie, who was sent away at five to one. That was the uh, Azalea, I should say. And then uh, also at Calder, it was the Smile Sprint. Now, this race was a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup. And the winner was Bahamian Skull, uh, won by a one and three-quarter length. This horse had been beaten by, oh, probably six or seven horses in the field, but at 7-1, to one, managed to turn the tide. And uh, basically, as they say, the race was for place. Uh, Bahamian Skull was an impressive winner, and uh, getting up for uh, the second spot was Trinenberg. Now, Trinenberg had to break from the 12-hole. Uh, he was the 2-1 to one favorite, was rated very nicely by Willie Martinez. Then he kind of got bottled up on the turn. Uh, he moved into the third spot. He did get through on the rail, but it wasn't going to be his day. Uh, ended up in the second spot, uh, just nosing out the well-known millionaire, Jackson Bend. And that was the, the smile sprint. Uh, so... Uh, we now go and we'll take a look at another big race at Belmont Park over the weekend, and that was the uh, the Dwyer, the Grade Two, two hundred thousand. And uh, what's interesting is this horse was won by a horse that was eligible for non-winners of two, Moreno. Uh, this horse had been racing strictly on the West Coast, but made one start, broke his maiden at Belmont Park, wire to wire on June. Eighth, it was also uh, the jockey's uh, first graded stakes win, uh, uh, J.L. Ortiz, in wire-to-wire fashion. The thing about this horse, the angle is this horse had been racing against older horses, only a three-year-old, and has now has his second career win in the grade two Dwyer stakes. Not bad at all. He outlasted uh, St. Vigure. And uh, for greater glory, after a very bad start, jumped in the air at the start, ended up getting up and finishing third in that race. Um, That's pretty much uh, the the way we looked at things uh, going into last week's show. And that's how we handicapped them. Those are the biggest races. We hope you had a slew of winners. Don't forget to use the uh, easy win forms that we get here at Winning Ponies. And speaking of easy winners, I think we're going to give out some easy winners because I got one on the show coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And one handicapper extraordinaire, Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, uh, the man... That I admire most in this sport, the one, the only, admire, handicapper extraordinaire. Steady Eddie, I, uh, I got a chance to, to, to read your blog uh, this week on winning ponies, and all I can say is uh, I could relate to it very much. Uh, I just came from, uh, from uh, the, the wake of the Dave Pate, and uh, your, 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 your blog was dead on. All I can tell you is that... Uh, this guy had a whole lot of friends because it was hard to find a parking spot in the parking lot. Well, thanks for having me on, John. And you know what? When it's when it's nothing but the pure truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, man, it sure flies out quick. And I, I mean, over the years, I saw this blue-collar trainer just ply his trade, and he always had that quiet cowboy smile. And I think Jenny Reese did a remarkable job as well, encapsulating a, a man's wonderful career. And, and putting it right there so everyone, even a fan or novice, would appreciate. Well, you know, I stated earlier in the program, uh, uh, Jenny, after the Bashford Mannered win that he, that he had, uh, said it was one of the most delightful interviews she had ever had, and you pretty much co-signed that same thing. It was funny hearing it from two different people totally separated on two different occasions. Only uh, you kind of got uh, uh, trial by fire in your interview with Dave. <laughs> I actually did, but it was so much fun. There was a beautiful young lady going to take it over, and I think she got the the last minute jitters at the second. And my boss kindly said, "Get your fat rump in that seat, young man." And uh, I I had the best time, John. Dave Pate was the the embodiment of just a an unassuming horseman. He he never took anything for granted. He carried me because I had read very little about it. I just watched and wagered on the race. 
but he brought me right up to speed. He knew I was in the hot chair. What a great guy. And his owners were spectacular as well. Well, again, you know, he was just one of the so many class acts and one of the reasons why we like to stay in this game. You know, the, it's, uh, it's the, the people that make it go. And, uh, it, and it's uh, kind of like you said, the blue-collar people, they're, they're the backbone. And, uh, you know, hardworking people, and they're the ones that get the horses out there every day. And uh, all I can say is my, my heart is heavy, uh, but uh, it, was, it was great to see uh, so many of his friends in one place again. Um, if, there, if there's an upside to it, uh, he, he certainly uh, went to horseman's heaven knowing he was loved. Well, I had the the uh, the wonderful experience of knowing his children and and uh, working uh, with one of his daughters uh, pretty closely at Turfway Park over the years. Good family people. Uh, just came from just a solid background. David Pate uh, truly will be missed, John. Well, listen, let me uh, let me uh, pick your brain here a little bit. Uh, what did you think about the Hollywood Gold Cup? Did you get to watch the dude? Uh, you know, I did watch the dude, and I'll say that uh, he could have probably toted my weight and still won that race. <laughs> to be able to hold off uh, the the fast charge of, of Kettlecorn, who made up about three links and about two jumps, and then it just looked like Mike Smith went to push in a little bit, and Game on Dude says, okay, I'll, I'll do what i got to do. And just there was no uh, uncocking of the whip showing the stick. Incredible run! I, I th- actually, I thought, oh my goodness, Kettlecorn's coming in in a in a blaze of fury, and Game One Dude's going to fold like a house of cards. Smith is he's definitely still the money man out there. Well, uh, yeah, he is, and uh, you know, again, I think it's kind of neat. We, we just don't see it enough in racing, but I know you and I grew up in an era with uh, uh, you know horses like uh, Forgo uh, that would be asked to. Carry a, a freight train on their back, and uh, their trainers wouldn't duck it. They'd say, "Okay, the handicapper thinks I'm that good. Let's put the weight on my back and go out there and run." Um, I'll never forget uh, Forgo. I believe had just beaten uh, F- Foolish Pleasure in a race in New York. Uh, the reason why it's a little bit vague is it was the day of my brother Bob's wedding, and I had to sneak down to an OTB parlor <laughs> in the middle of the event. <laughs> To make sure that I saw the race. It might have been the Marlboro Cup at the time. But anyhow, uh, Bill Shoemaker won on him, and I, I think Forgo toted something like 138 pounds, and he nailed Foolish Pleasure at the wire. And uh, somebody interviewed uh, Shoemaker after the race, and they said, well, what's the hardest part about riding Forgo? Shoemaker looked at him and he said, taking off the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was... Uh, uh... <laughs> bit of weight for uh, the shoe to be packing around to the scales. He probably had to have his valet carried over for him, but you know, I, I can remember some high weights, and there was this little track that's now gone. The, the Pearl uh, of uh, Southeast Ohio is now gone, but will return, will return, and Bernie Walt actually toted 142 pounds. Uh, was that on Red Clay Country? I believe it was. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. I loved that horse. Yeah, Bernie Wall. Boy, you're you're shaking some cobwebs here. Well, listen, before I get too far uh, going down memory lane, I want to take a look at some of the races uh, we want to handicap for today. Um, I ran into uh, Mike Maker's assistant trainer uh, over at the services tonight. And uh, as you know, when you see uh, uh, the name Kitten's Joy in a turf race, immediately you better take a second look at that race. What do you say we go to a race at Colonial Downs here, the Virginia Derby, that has not one, not two, but three Kitten's Joys 
they're going to go in a mile and a quarter on the turf. Um, you know, Kittens Joy won this race back in 2004. Yes, uh, I can actually remember seeing Kittens Joy went on uh, went on Arlington Million Day at uh, in Chicago. I've been following the footsteps of Kittens Joy very very closely, and when you say there's three in here, I'm sure the Ramses are uh, happier than a pig in mud. They've just, uh, I think, John told me they've got something like 19 horses entered this weekend at uh, five different tracks. Uh uh uh. Now that is a lot of action to be going. And you know, the the fun part about the game is watching uh, Ken Ramsey lead his lead his runner in. And I'll tell you what, I think this guy's lost about forty pounds just leading the winners into the winner's circle. Well, the two of the horses in here, and they're not going to be hooked up, um, are uh, owned by Ramsey, but surprisingly not trained by Mike Maker. Uh, you got West Ward that he's incorporated um, pretty much over the last two years on a regular basis. But the, the kind of the surprising horse is a. Uh, a uh, Ramsey-owned and bred Kitten's Joy, trained by none other than Todd Pletcher. And this horse, ironically, won the Kitten's Joy stake at Gulfstream Park earlier in the year. And it was coming out of a really good effort in that Penn Mile that was just really deep and loaded with talent. Uh, uh, you think it's Charming Kitten, or you think Rydillick, who's absolutely having a fantastic season, who won that race at the Penn Mile, is the one to beat. I think the added distance might push it towards Charming Kitten. You know, John, I think you're going to be safe as a baby in his cradle because I'm going to go with Reduluk. I think Prado and, and Contessa got a, got a real nice uh, runner here. And, you know, Edgar Prado was on a little bit of a streak. He won 2002, 2003, 2004 versions of this race. So he knows the course. He knows what to look for. Uh, nice three-year-old son of Medallia Dior. Four for four with wins on the turf. And my friend John Engelhart said, be sure to take a look at that either horse for a course or they like a surface angle. It was an impressive win in the Penn Mile. But the horse that you were alluding to, Jack Milton, Jack's first time out was in the Penn Mile and ran a beautiful race to Reduluck. But, John, go back two races ago. Jack Milton won, but the horse that ran second is an absolute bully. Up with the birds who ran second in the Queen's Plate right, after yeah. the drenching of the, uh, the poly, or the, excuse me, the synthetic at Woodbine. But up with the birds is a killer, and Jack Milton handled up with the birds. I think we see a big effort out of both these two. I'm boxing Rudillick and you're Jack Milton. All right. Well, it'll be very interesting to see uh, to, to, to watch this race again. A mile and a quarter. It's a true derby. This is the Virginia Derby. Only it's going to be run on the weeds. Okay. Well, um, let's see. As long as we're kind of in the area, you want to go to Delaware Park? Um, oh no, that, that that was the go. That was the race that I think we threw out because it looked like it was. Yeah, going to be yeah. A- we started talking about it, and I think you ended up with uh, the Man of War Belmont. Uh, that you kind of caught your eye, and you said, you know, we might find some value. I, I don't know. But, I, hey, I'm game to play any record you like, sir. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my paperwork in an order here. Well, uh, you, you know, the Man of War, it's a grade one, 600,000. Um, it's kind of interesting to see a Suge McGay horse that's closing in on a million dollars that's never won a grade one, and that's boisterous. Uh, do you think this could be his day, or who's lying in the woods to, to beat him in the Man of War? 
I, I think it's a pretty good point there. Shug's got a real killer here, and he's he's been doing really well with his turf runners uh, as of the last uh, 50 years that he's been training. A son of distorted humor, making second off the shelf has kind of caught my eye. Uh, add in the two straight bullets, four for four in the money at the distance. And if you take a look at Johnny Velasquez's in-the-money stats for the year, he's 47% in the money on the green. And and I think he's going to relish uh, this uh, son of distorted humor. is going to relish the tight turns, John. I've got one in there that I think I'm going to box it up with and uh, might on be the rail? a little bit more of a runner. Down on the rail? Al-Khali. Aha. Ten for your one. I mean, uh, you get a Bill Mott horse at ten to one. When's the last time you made one of those wagers? Um, I think he upset uh, somebody over the the Fourth of July weekend in New York. Mm-hmm. A horse that wasn't expected to win. So, yeah, you know, you don't ever throw out a Mott runner. Oh, I, especially a 10 for your one. And Mott, Mott, he is batting solid everywhere he goes. 19% winning at Belmont and three for seven in the money life. I, I'm I'm kind of hard-pressed not to throw out Alcali at all. Well, I keep him in my tries, but the other the horse I'm going to keep him in there with, you know, personally, it's sad to say that uh, he, he's got a slight injury, but one of the best grass runners uh, in, in North America has to be point of entry. And uh, he uh-huh. decided to go in a very soggy Manhattan handicap, and the horse that he had to be full out to run down was Optimizer. And as you know, D. Wayne Lucas is having one heck of a season. And you look at some of the horses that Optimizer's been running second to. Of his last three races, he's run second to point of entry and a horse by the name of Wise Dan. (laughs) Well, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, no. So he certainly kept some top company, and I'll tell you what, this horse doesn't know what stall he wakes up in. His last several races have taken place at Belmont, Pimlico, Churchill, Oaklawn, and the Fairgrounds. So have Optimizer will travel. Frequent flyer miles, and you know, John, you talked about the coach, D. Wayne Lucas. You talk about having one of those rejuvenating years. Hey, don't call this guy a comeback. He's been here fighting all along. I, I think the coach can be dangerous any time he saddles up. Absolutely. Well, uh, my uh, my brother Bob used to always say, anytime you got Hall of Famers in a race, box them up, and that's what we're doing. Shug McGahee, Bill Mott, and D. Wayne Lucas, you're going to bet them. you got to box them. I hope your colleague comes out on top in that one. We're going to get a better payoff. Well, speaking of payoffs, we better pay the rent a little bit here. If I can... Get a hold of my man, D, and let him know that we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we're going to go to Hollywood Park for the IE Gleam Handicap. We're talking with Ed Meyer. We're talking horses. We're talking winning ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, before we get on to a couple more of the stakes races, we want to handicap with Ed Meyer. Uh, you just want to get, uh, get a comment from him. Um, a, a good friend of yours uh, won a stakes race up at Thistledown this week. We've seen a lot of comebacks lately. And uh, certainly uh, Gary Stevens, uh, you know, is the, the, the best known. I'm waiting for Chris McCarron to announce he's coming back. But uh, uh, unknown, I shouldn't say unknown rider to many people, but uh, she's probably in the top ten female winners of all time. Her name is Lori Wydick, who had undergone a series of injuries. Um, I think she had maybe a ten-year absence from the saddle, and she came back to ride for Jeff Greenhill, who's a friend of yours and who's been on Winning Ponies before, came from 22 lengths out of it on Silver Tongued to win the stake up at Cleveland over the weekend. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that race or not. The Cleveland I did Gold go Cup. back and see it, and first of which, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Greenfield, Green, <laughs> Greenhill for calling you and I, John, to make this great wager. Lori Wydick coming back, I mean, athletes don't come back from that length of time, especially riders to ride at this level. She picked up and looked incredible. I watched the race, went back and took a look at it twice. I said, man, I said, she really looked fit in the saddle, John. Yeah, she did. So I, I, I wish her well. I know she took time off to have a baby and tried to make a comeback. It was a back injury, and I think pretty much the, the doctors told her, hey, if you fall off a bar stool, you're going to be in a wheelchair the rest of your life. So obviously, just like Gary, she's you know gone into her conditioning, and uh, she's back in the saddle. And briefly while I'm on the subject, did you hear the news that Chantel Sutherland's coming out of retirement? I think uh, it's really great that Lori Wydick's back, John. How's that? <laughs> You, I think I wish Lori nothing but the best of luck. You are very tasteful. And so how long have you been the president of Switzerland? <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I think it's nice that Chantel's uh, – she's a great spokesperson for the game. She really go. is. And a lot and of people are surprising that, you know, the Moxie, a spokesperson for she Del Mar, brings a lot of excitement. Coming back at the Del Mar meets, probably not a bad one. out there, John. Uh, it's really got to be awfully tough. Way to go. Um, well, hopefully in the saddle – uh, on Saturday at Hollywood Park uh, will be Garrett Gomez. Um, uh, there's no surprise that he's uh, dodged some demons over the years. And when it was announced about two weeks ago that he was uh, taking off his mounts to, to work on family matters, if you've read his book, you'd understand that there's a pattern of behavior there. And um, he 
put on his Facebook page, hey, I've been working horses out and I'm coming back next week. He was supposed to ride a Rene Got Zip in one of the Calder uh, speed, some of the speed races, but the horse missed the plane and wasn't able to get a flight there. So uh, Gomez wasn't there, but he is named on Rene Got Zip. I'm talking about the A-Gleam Handicap. It's a grade two race at, at Hollywood Park uh, for Phillies. Um, I'm wondering uh, how you looked at this race and if you think that maybe it's good that uh, uh, Renee uh, missed the flight and got an extra week's of race. Uh, she just got beat uh, by book review. Who's in this field uh, in the grade one La Brea? I'll tell you what, John, the, the Gleam Gwen 7 panels really looks good to me. You talked about Renee's got zip. Hey, I think missing the plane may have been a winner. you got a 3-for-3 three three winner here over the Bedford Hollywood service and 4-for-4 four four over Synthetic. Is this a Please Don't Throw Me in the Briar Patch song? Coming back to your home track, shooting two bullets, dropping in class, and working at the distance you do your best book on? And Garrett Gomez, kudos to him for taking the time. He's, gonna, he's made a heck of a journey back, and, boy, I'm just so glad to see it. You know what, John, I think Renee's got zip. If Garrett is there and everything is all squared away, I think Renee's got zip only brings his career even full circle, and the rest of 2003 might be all roses. But, again, you've got uh, uh, the, the Killer Bees in there. You've got Bayerano and Baffert since they started teaming up over a year ago. They have been awesome. And, again, now – since the La Brea, which Renee's got zip, that was back in December, so she's been off. But as you stated, working bullet, she's on her toes. Um, a book reviews come back and, and run second in two grade twos, but they were to mile on a 16th, and she's got to turn back to seven furlongs, but it's not a distance she's a stranger to. Four wins from five starts at seven furlongs for book review. I think this is going to be a great matchup. I, I think so as well, John. And in, in, in not a side note by any means, the Bayerano and I believe Talamo duel is going to be uh, taking place this weekend, and uh, they're going to uh, divvy it up and shoot it out. I believe that Bayerano left with 46 wins, and and uh, Mr. Talamo had 51, or excuse me, 50, 46, 50, which is relatively close because these guys have been shooting three baggers. Right. So while you're doing your handicapping, you have to weigh that factor in as well. These guys not only want the win, they want the title, they want the whole ball of wax this weekend. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun weekend to watch them out on the West Coast. Uh, two young, talented riders. Long may they ride. But, uh, again, uh, we just handicapped the A-Gleam Handicap Grade 2 at seven furlongs. It's going to be a very, very interesting race. Well, let's see what else we got on the table here for us, Eddie, and give our fans some winners out there. And that would be the... Uh, I guess they call it the Arlington Million Preview Day. They're going to have quite a few good races uh, up in Chicago this week. And I thought we'd take a look at another derby. Uh, this one, not at a mile and a quarter, at a mile and three sixteenths. Uh, but uh, like the other race, this race will be on the turf. Had several Triple Crown nominated horses in there. And what's interesting is I think what you've got to do if you're a trip handicapper is go back and look at the Arlington Classic because I believe that uh, – Four of the top five finishers in the Arlington Classic are back to match strides in the American Derby. A key race indeed. Uh, 
and, and which leads me right to my topic, and that's the one procurement, 9-2. to two. Eddie Castro, who I've always felt was an incredible turf rider, he's, he's having kind of a lackluster winning percentage, but he's 40% in the money, so he's always knocking on the door. If you take a look at the Arlington Classic, as you were stating, it was a grade three event. Now, a board procurement that day from the nine hole was, I believe it's Joea Mariah, who is the leading rider in Singapore, and did a remarkable job. John, it was a butcher job, split three wide, five wide and out kicked. I think going to Castro might settle this three-year-old Colt by Milwaukee Brew a little bit. He's in really, really good hands. I think that the distance isn't going to be that much of a factor drawing the golden rail right there. And I think that uh, procurement with 9-2, to two, Tom Proctor, uh, even another reason to play. Castro and, and Proctor teaming up together, winning 20%. I can't slide it at all, and, and, and I'm, I'm really I'm going with that Arlington Classic race, just as you said, as a key race, and I'm pressing on with procurement. Well, I'm going to use Oars coming out of there myself, I think, as my key horse, but it's going to be another Kitten's Joy on the grass. Um, and this is Admiral Kitten. This one is trained by Mike Maker, owned by the Ramses. Interesting, Mike Smith rode it his last two times, both graded stakes races, the American Turf at Churchill and the Arlington Classic, where he rallied from 11th, 10 lengths back at the half mile, and was beaten only a length uh, by a general election. Uh, who is in this race. They're the one, two, three horses the horses we're talking about. And uh, I notice a rider switch to a guy that uh, likes to ride on the grass. It can do a pretty good job. His name Julian Le Peru. Um, I'm kind of giving a slight edge to this horse, though I'd love to see General Election win it because uh, Kellen Gorder, the trainer, is one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar and kind of a local boy make good story. Matter of fact, I'm trying to get in touch with Mr. Kellen Gorder to do a, just a little Q&A. I had the, had the privilege of speaking with Scott Hazelton of HRTV, and that blog would be appearing up. But trying to get a hold of Kellen Gorder, on a side note, John, I think you've got a really nice rider aboard Admiral Kitten who fits. Julian Le Peru is known for coming from way out of the clouds, and if you need any more validation than that, just go back and take a look at the bluegrass tape again when, uh, when they were running down that, uh, that lane and he looked like he had no shot if they went around twice. I think Julian Le Peru fits this three-year-old Kitten's joy really, really well. Maker always has to be respected. These guys, they, they, they do their best work together. They're, they're, winning, uh, they're winning at a very nice Nice clip this year, and if you take a look at Julian's in the money percentage on the weeds, it's 41. You know why Mike Maker is going. So I, I I respect your pick, but I'm still gonna my win money is gonna be on procurement, but my box money it's funny. Your selection and my selection has practically been my box the entire time. All right, well you know. We've been handicapping together for many, many a year, so that's uh, that's no big surprise. Um, Ed, we got <laughs> yep. uh, good part, good meat of the season coming up. We got Saratoga's right around the corner, Del Mar's right around the corner. Uh you getting pumped up for some of these big races? Oh, I can't wait. Uh, you know, you're the guy that should be pumped up. I mean, this was your neck of the woods. You grow up in Saratoga. I've never even been. Well, you, you know, this would be the year to do it. Yeah, that's you know, that's a really good point. You know, I really like that idea. Absolutely. I I smell road trip. You know, I, 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 
take the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I wouldn't object to that whatsoever. John, I'm really getting pumped up about the about this time. Right after after you've seen the Triple Crown, it rests about a week or two. For me, then I start focusing in on the opening of Saratoga, Del Mar coming up, which is going to be spectacular. I love the Arlington Million. This is Arlington Million Preview Weekend. I'm going to love the Arlington Million. I can't believe that the Virginia Derby is this weekend already. I mean, this is the best part of summer. I think you hit it right on the head. This is the this is the heart of the summertime racing. Things are really getting cooking, and I'll tell you what, we need to start building that bankroll ASAP. Well, I'm not sure if uh, if you'll be free that weekend, but the Traverse Stakes may once again uh, pit the winners of the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont against each other. That would be one heck of a race. I know it's happened one other time in history, and yours truly was there. And I believe none of them won. A horse by the name of Runaway Groom upset them all. (laughs) Oh, well, got to see the big ones run anyhow. Well, Steady Eddie, thanks a million for joining us this evening. As you know, uh, I've got you on speed dial, and I'm sure you're going to be back on Winning Ponies soon. I love talking to you, handicapping with you, and reading your blogs. Thanks, John. Best of luck to everybody. Keep listening. All right. Well, uh, that puts to end another week of winning ponies. We hope that uh, we put you on some winners and uh, put you on some information that you might not have known about uh, before you tuned into the show. I want to thank our producer, D. And I apologize that uh, we weren't able to get Karen Collier on. Hopefully we can get him on at a later date. So for everybody at Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, if you bring a loved one to the racetrack, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.